You are now listening to Home Care On Air, brought to you by Care Academy. Strap in as we dive headfirst into the future of home care and the issues, challenges, and opportunities facing home care operators in a post-pandemic world. Welcome. My name is Aaron Dunn, SVP of Marketing for Care Academy, the industry's leading provider of care enablement solutions designed to manage your agency's training and compliance requirements. In today's episode, we're talking with Care Academy's Care Experience Outcomes Manager, Jessica Jones. Jessica recently led a groundbreaking research study examining caregivers' educational and career aspirations, barriers caregivers face to furthering their education, and the opportunity for agency employers in providing these opportunities. We are very excited to be joined by Jessica today to talk through what this survey means, as well as the implications for the industry as a whole. Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I know we've been talking about this survey for for a few weeks now as we got the data and started really looking at the signals uh, and the really clear signals uh, from the data that we're going to share today. And I'm, I'm excited to dig into that. But before we do, Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jessica. How long have you been here? What do you do? What do you do for fun? Where are you based? So I am the Care Experience Outcomes Manager. I joined Care Academy in August of 2020, so height of the pandemic. I learned about Care Academy through Helen, our CEO. I met her in Boston. Um, She turned around and we talked about, she's like, oh, what do you do? And I said, I do long-term care research. She says, we need to talk. So I was excited about meeting her. I thought she was awesome. She's like, do you want to be a part of Care Academy? And I said, yes. So that was kind of my journey to Care Academy. And uh, I'm based in North Carolina, um, Durham, North Carolina. And yeah, so I just am focused on building our research infrastructure here at Care Academy. How do we measure outcomes for caregivers, but also their clients? So how do we make inroads in that? And what do I do for fun? Um, I'm really big into dance and dance class, fitness, all that. Yeah. Well, I might need a few pointers at some point, but um, your experience with Helen sounds like my experience with Helen. Uh, I call that you got Helen uh, in a really good way. Uh, she's really dynamic and, and we're really lucky to have her leading us. Um, I, I I am curious. I always like to people I ask people a little bit of an offbeat uh, icebreaker question just to get the conversation flowing. Um, so I'm going to ask you if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your days, what would that meal be? Sushi. It's like my number one. I could eat it every day. I don't know how healthy that is, but I could eat sushi every day for the rest of my life. Well, that wouldn't be on my list, but good for you. Healthy wise, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. If you're eating one food for the rest of your life, probably is irrelevant. (laughs) Well, let's dive in, Jessica. I'm really excited to, to kind of get into the research here. Um, let's put this research in a little bit of context for our listeners. You know, what were the goals of the study? What, why did we set out to do it? And, and what was our hypothesis? What did we hope to learn? We really wanted to learn about caregivers' motivation and aspirations and to uncover how best to support existing caregivers and delivering high-quality care in the home. Um, as one of my team members like to say, we wanted to know what do caregivers really want um, when it comes to their education? So we want to keep it broad, but yeah, I think there's not enough research out there for understanding um, the caregivers and what they what they want. I very much agree. Um, 
So tell us who was in the sample. Uh, what were the demographics in the survey? How many respondents were they? Where did they come from? What did we learn from that? Yeah. So we had 1,500 caregivers across the U.S. I think we had at least one response from every state, maybe two or states that I'm missing in that. Um, 91% female. So if you know anything about the home care population, this is an overwhelmingly female-driven population, woman-driven population. Um, they had a variety of educational backgrounds. So more than half had an, either a high school di diploma or some college, but not a college degree. Um, most of them are working more than 30 hours a, a week. So have a full, they're doing this full time um, for one employer or multiple. And then 64% reported a household income of $50,000 or less. So again, if you know anything about this home care population, this is a kind of a low income middle income population. And as expected, this is actually an older kind of leaning older population. So more than 60% of the respondents were over 45. So a majority of them being in the 45 to 64 age range. I think that's interesting um, that the that the population skews older. Some of the other metrics, I think if you just thought about the industry generally, it wouldn't necessarily surprise you. But what do you think uh, the implications of an older caregiver population, you know, have, if any, um, did that surprise you when you saw that data or, um, you know, what are the implications of that? Do you think? I wasn't surprised because, you know, this is a, a aging population, um, or a workforce population, but I think it speaks to our need to recruit more caregivers into this population. And that's something that we're constantly thinking about of how do we recruit a million more caregivers It makes me think like, yeah, we need to do better. Um, especially for home care workers. And the thing is, is that people in this profession are really committed to this profession. This is something that they do for a long time. They want to make a difference. They believe in caring for old adults. And sometimes this population is also, people are attracted to this population because they cared for a loved one. So they, they you know, they gain some expertise in that area to caring for a family member. And they see it as, oh, I can easily transition those skills into, a, into an actual profession. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we've talked to some of our agency owners who actually had that same experience. Who were like, "Well, I was, I, I got some experience in the industry as a family caregiver, and thought, hmm, this is, an, you know, something I could be part of and and, and do some good." And that's it's sort of interesting to see that journey, both to you know owning, operating an agency, but also becoming a professional caregiver. Um, I know that uh, the the data here presents a strong signal uh, for the number of caregivers who said they were interested in further education. I think the number was around seventy percent, um, which is you know a strong uh, uh, um, signal as any that this is an important topic. Um, what kind of education though were caregivers uh, most interested in, uh, and what did they hope to do with that education? Yeah, so ongoing education takes on many forms, but universally, they're interested in healthcare-related fields. So um, the most common upskilling pathways were to become a nurse, achieve CNA, so certified nursing assistant, or move into healthcare administration. We also had offer option where we, they were could select other, but they were um, more interested in staying in a healthcare setting, so other but healthcare-related. So there are a lot of roles in healthcare, um, and it sounds like the home care workers know that. 
So they see that they can advance their skills in a variety of ways in that in that field. What was also really hopeful about this survey was, you know, when you asked them why they want to advance their skills, overwhelmingly people said that they just want to make a positive impact on the community. So like I was saying earlier, you know, this is a workforce that um, doesn't get their due, but they're very committed to their work. Like they want to make a difference. So I thought that was really encouraging about the population. And then also, you know, other motivating factors for wanting to pursue education include improving job opportunities, expanding their just educational horizons. And, you know, of course, money is a factor. They want to improve, improve the livelihood of their families. So they would like to make more money. But that was like fifth, right? Money yeah. was pretty far down the list. Right. I, I was surprised. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose that's indicative of, as you said, you know, the first item on the list, which was having a broader impact. Um, people don't get into this industry because they're trying to get rich. They do it because they feel a higher calling and that mission orientation is really important. Um, and in education, I think oftentimes when people hear like continuing education, they think higher ed, go back and get a college degree. And, 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 and you know, that was on the list, correct? Yep. Um, but more often than not, it was more about, you know, uh, additional training, certifications, et cetera, within their field. Is that fair? Yes, that is fair. And I think also, you know, we talked about the demographics. So this is a a field that, you know, runs the gamut from eight, you know, from 18 to over 65, you know, and education looks different for, di- you know, depending on where you are in your professional career. And I think the great thing about Care Academy is that we're considering the whole spectrum of what education looks like for a variety of learners. So, yeah, we don't want to be restricted to just thinking about education as higher education. And we want to think about it. Well, how do we meet people where they are in their professional journey? And education truly is for everybody and everybody could benefit from some kind of, you know, either with upskilling, on the job training. Um, certifications and things like that. So what is holding them back? Um, Okay. There's a, there's an overwhelming interest in for more uh, uh, training supports, education supports. uh, But the reality of it is, is not everybody is is doing that today. What are some of the barriers that, uh, that they, that the survey samples uh, said they faced when trying to pursue those ongoing education? Yeah, I think we need to, understand this, this, this population. So um, one of the biggest barriers is cost, you know, how much it costs to, you know, either if they're pursuing a degree or uh, community college or certification and things like that. Um, another thing is work schedule. You know, like I said, these are people that are working full-time more than 30 hours a week. Um, maybe it's one job, maybe it's multiple jobs, but um, be able to balance, you know, pursuing a, additional education with their work schedules can be a challenge. And then also household caretaking responsibilities. So they have families, they have sometimes have children. You know, we know about the sandwich generation where people are taking care of their parents and their children. So we have to consider that as, uh, you know, thinking about the barriers and challenges that people face when pursuing further education. 
And they're not small challenges. They're definitely ones that you would expect, as you said, in the <laughs> based on the demographics. So, in that context, though, you know, what what role do do, do employers play here for uh, supporting caregivers and pursuing that ongoing education? And what's the what's the outcomes that we would expect for for that agency if they were able to provide these supports? Yeah. So we asked them kind of what role does education play in how they consider their staying in their current role or even thinking about their next job offer. And again, overwhelming preference is that they would choose to join or stay in agency if they were offered more opportunities to continue education on the job training, you know, further education and things like that. So 94% of caregivers say access to further education is an important consideration in accepting a job offer. So, you know, that's like overwhelming preference. And wait, wait, 85%, wait, 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 wait. say that again. Say, wait, you got to say that again. What was that number? 94% of caregivers say access to further education is an important consideration in accepting a job offer. That is uh, astounding to me. And I've already seen this data, so it's still <laughs> astounding to me. <laughs> and to hear you say it makes it even more astounding. Um, why do you think that is? Again, I think we don't give the, the caregivers credit. They really want to do their job well. And they're really looking for, you know, an employer that's going to believe in them and support them and in their kind of, you know, professional life in that way. Um, you know, I think, you know, one of the gems of doing the survey is you, when you open up the comments and see what people say. And that's always fun for me. And like overwhelmingly, one, people love Care Academy classes. And two, they just want to take more classes. Like that is what people are saying. They're like, I, how do I take more classes? Like, how do I, what, what do I need to do? Wow. So, I, I, you know, I, it's not surprising. You know, it is, it's like, wow. Like, I didn't know that overwhelming, but when you start to read the signals, you're like, yeah, like they, they yeah. really are motivated to, to, wow. to learn. So a classic agency response here, I've heard it many, many times is I want to offer more training. I want to offer things like tuition reimbursement. I want to provide access to ongoing education. But if I make that investment and then they leave, what have I gotten for my investment? But the data tells something different, doesn't it? It does. They'll stay, you know? Um, and even if they, you know, you know, maybe you can't predict how long, but if you can get them to stay one month, two months, six months, a year, two years, I mean, that's a lot to gain as an as a as a as an employer. Um, so I don't see really any real downsides to offering those opportunities because you know the care workers they are looking for you to be an employer of choice. And if you if you raise your standard and become that, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna reward you. I, 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 there's no yeah. doubt about that. What was the number? Some very high number. Of people said they would stay. Eighty five percent. So again, like. <laughs> Wow. Eight in 10 people will say they will stay. I mean, what more could you want? <laughs> yeah, right. And I think you made, made a good point there too. You know, you don't know how long they're going to stay, but, you know, in an incredibly tight labor market, getting somebody to stay longer, however longer that, that longer represents is very valuable to you as an agency and to your clients uh, and ultimately to the, to, the, to the full team as well. So if they stay an extra month because you gave them those supports, um, that would potentially be good. 
six months, even better, a year, you know, now we're, you know, we're really, um, you know, generating you know, better outcomes uh, for, for your clients, for sure. How does that translate into job satisfaction? Did the data give us any indication on how ongoing training uh, opportunities and supports for that training might, might impact the, the caregivers, uh, how they feel about their job? Yeah, again, a high number. <laughs> 88% said they will feel more satisfied at their job if given opportunities to improve their skills through further education. So, I mean, the signals are clear. They will be more satisfied. They will be more likely to stay. They are highly encouraged when accepting, you know, or considering a job offer. So 80 to 90%, you know, across the board. Wow. So they're more likely to choose you as an agency. They're more likely to stay and they're more likely to be satisfied. That sounds like a home run for agencies. And yet the data said something else kind of interesting about how often agencies are talking to their caregivers about ongoing education, didn't it? Yes. 75% said their employer has never talked to them about ongoing education or training. So 70% say they are interested. But 75% said they their employer had never talked to them. I see that as a huge gap and a huge opportunity that the employers are missing out on. So I hope people see this and see this as a signal of how they could leverage this data and really break through as an employer of a choice for, for their, their for their employees. Yeah, and you hit on that. I mean, this is an incredibly tight labor market. We talk to agencies all the time who are scrambling to find uh, find caregivers. And when they even when they have them, they're struggling to keep them. And even when they have them, they need more. <laughs> you know, uh, we, Kevin Smith, who's on our advisory board here, Best of Care in Massachusetts, he talks about like, I could hire 100 caregivers today and I could hire 100 caregivers tomorrow and I could 100, hire 100 caregivers the day after that. And yet here we are, and there's a really strong signal. And yet 75% of agencies aren't talking to their, to their, to their caregivers about, about what they could do here. It's sort of mind boggling to me, but it also sort of a call to arms, a call to action. And this is also completely within an agency's control and the kinds 100%. of things, yeah, the kinds of things that an agency could do. The data was pretty clear here too. Like what, what, what should agencies do as a first step? Um, you know, to having this conversation and, and, and building out the opportunity for their their staff. Yes. So again, we talked to caregivers about what kind of supports would most help them access these opportunities. Number one was monetary support, you know, um, tuition, reimbursement, or some other form of re- um, monetary support for continuing their education, flexible work schedules. So, you know, that connection to those barriers to access. And as well, just general support support from their employer. So, you know, those are things that, again, like you said, are completely within the agency's control. Um, they, there's some opportunities, some levers that they could pull to help their employees access those opportunities. Yeah, and I know that pay rates are... Uh, a ongoing topic. Uh, I know that was uh, something else that we asked, and I, I know that was high on the list. But we, I think we all collectively as an industry recognize that that isn't necessarily within the agency's control. Um, you know, what the client is willing to pay, what the reimbursement happens from either Medicare, Medicaid, or from the VA, or from, you know, life insurance, um, long-term care insurance policies. You know, those are, there's a lot of variables there that are more systemic to the market. This is a variable, it's a lever that agencies can use today to materially improve their retention and recruiting that's completely within their control. Agree. We recognize that there are some things that are out of the agency's control when it comes to policy and how that works. But, you know, we encourage them to 
think outside the box a little bit. You know, this is what this data was for. You know, what are the other opportunities that we're missing that can help us advance this industry to care for the millions of older adults and people who need assistance in this um, in this population? You know, um, so we're saying we need a million more care workers. So how do we get creative and put our boots on the ground and say, how do, how do we make this happen? Well, this is really fascinating research. As we start to close here today, was there anything else in the data that really surprised you that stood out? Was there anything about this research that, I mean, you've been doing this a long time, both for us and for others. Have you seen this kind of a clear signal before? <laughs> anything else jump off the page? I mean, like we said, you know, the most surprising thing was the big gap between the people who are interested in education and their lack of access to it. So when they're saying that 75% of their employees had never given them access to those opportunities or talked to them about it, that was like, wow, you know, that was like a a mind-blowing moment for me. Um, Because like, this is just like, the contrast is just crazy. And there's like a huge opportunity. So that's really what kind of stuck out to me. Um, And just in general, I just think as far as like this research, what was really rewarding for me is that I really believe in like the home care workers and us supporting them because we really do need them. And, you know, we don't know enough about them. You know, we, we, we need to recruit and retain and we need to improve, you know, this workforce, but we don't know a lot. We don't know a lot about them. Fun fact, though, is that the last National Home Health Aid Survey sponsored by the U.S. government was in 2007. Wow. That's, you know, that's over a decade ago. But yet this is the fastest growing and most in demand workers in the U.S. economy. Like we need a million more workers in the next decade. But we don't even we haven't even like taken the time to really get to know them and figure out how do we actually leverage this workforce to make it, you know, to meet mm-hmm. our goals and supporting the people that we need to support. So, yeah, it's all exciting. I think that's a that's a great summation. The time is now. Jessica. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It was very uh, illuminating. I think that uh, I appreciate your presentation of the data and the story uh, here and the signal for uh, four agencies. Um, the full report is available at www.careacademy.com. And we look forward to talking with you in the future on additional research. Thank you for joining, Jessica. Thank you for having me. And that closes today's podcast. Thank you to our guests and thank you to you, our listeners. Please visit www.careacademy.com to learn more. Be sure to subscribe for future updates wherever you get your podcasts and five-star reviews are always appreciated. 